0: Hello, everyone. (laughs) If you are listening to this, you have made your way to the second ever episode of Hurdle. If you're new here, let me introduce myself. My name is Emily Abadi, baseball card stats. I am a writer and editor living in New York City. I am a fitness fanatic, a certified trainer, a run coach, a spin coach. The list goes on. Uh, if you want to know a little bit more about me up front, feel free to head over on to my social channels at Emily Abadi, A-B-B-A-T-E. And now a little bit about Hurdle. Hurdle is a bi-weekly podcast that features people who got through a tough time a hurdle of sorts, by integrating wellness into their routines. In this modern world we live in, filled with so much anxiety and pressure and obscene amounts of competition, wellness in all of its forms is an outlet. Some of the biggest, baddest, most inspirational humans and top CEOs got to where they are today because they found themselves with the help of things like yoga, running, juicing, a new approach to eating, meditation, crystals, the list goes on. Hurdle brings you their stories, the lessons they learned, and hopefully gives you the push you need to live a healthier, happier, more motivated life. Today on Hurdle, I'm here with Alex Silverfagan, Nike trainer, Wilhelmina model, fitness entrepreneur. I love that that designation, fitness entrepreneur.
1: (laughs) When you asked me to explain what I did, that is, I feel like I do so much that fitness entrepreneur is just such a good, uh, like, umbrella term for all of the things that we do. And there's so many, everyone's a fitness entrepreneur. Everyone's an entrepreneur nowadays. Like we're all trying to figure out what we want to do while working on something that we already know what we want to do and exploring and talking and all the things. So that I, that's all the things. <laughs> I'm about it. I
0: feel oftentimes it's hard to designate what I do. Exactly. Well. Um, also founder of Flow Into Strong. Talk to me a little bit about Flow Into Strong and welcome, Alex. Oh,
1: thank you. Thanks for having me. Um, Flow Into Strong Simply is a class that combines yoga and strength training, but deeper it's understanding the connection between your yin and your yang and your fire and your uh, vulnerability and being able to know when you should uh, tap into each and when it's appropriate and also understanding a little bit more about yourself when you can see how the two combine. So that's a long version and then a
0: small version of what <laughs> Strong is. Well, I'm interested in it. I think yeah. that what we should do first and foremost is kind of rewind sure, and talk a little bit about who you are. So why don't you give me a little bit of information of what I should know about Alex Silverfagan.
1: What you should know. Oy. Um, Oy. Uh, yeah. It's, uh, what, what should you know? So I... I'm 25. Um, I have lived in New York for eight years, going on nine, which is wild. Um, I grew up in New Jersey, so not far from the city, and I've always felt like I was going to be here. I went to college here. And I guess what you should know is that I work in fitness. My whole life is fitness, but my whole life was not fitness beforehand. I didn't really know what I wanted to do. When I was growing up, I was running around all over the place. I wasn't an athlete, though. I I'm not sport based at all, um, which is pretty funny. Um, but I loved running around. I loved moving, and I loved connecting with people. and I also loved being in front of people. So I was obviously big in theater, which most um, I think people in our our industry are because they like being in front of people. They like telling a story in a different way. So I was in the drama club, president of the drama Club. And then when I went to school, I started studying acting and psychology because I've always been fascinated with the human psyche and understanding why we do certain things. Um, And from then on, I moved into kind of a a rough phase of nightlife in New York and all that. And then that actually led into fitness. Fitness was almost like my... um, my savior, and you said you went into nightlife. Yes. So, I, what were you doing? So, I started um, my junior year of college working at a club and bar in the Lower East Side called Two O Five Club. It's underneath a whiskey bar called the Rochelle's. Great place. I've been. Yeah, love all of them. I Throw love back. them. Yeah, it's a it's a great place. I definitely have nothing against working in nightlife. It just wasn't for me. It's a really hard lifestyle. Um, I was working 10 PM to 6 AM and then had to do it all over again at the same time studying and being a, a, trying to be a, a kid and also trying to be healthy. Um, and I, when you're thrown into this city as an 18 year old and going out, is not just going to a frat party. It's going to a club and then trying to get into the VIP section and trying to cut lines and um, cut lines at the door, but also other other lines. But um, <laughs> as I said that, I was like that actually makes sense. Um, you're just you're thrown into a world where you think you should be doing certain things just to live up to this standard, and I was in that for a very long time, which is how I met the people that then became my coworkers and bosses at 205 Club and Rochelle's and nothing against
0: them. If they ever listen to this, like, I love all of them. (laughs) It just wasn't for me. Okay. So when did you get to the point where you uh, were working there and you knew you needed out? I got incredibly skinny.
1: I was down to like 90 pounds. And I remember going to Florida to see my grandma, which she lives there. I'm not from Florida, but that's where home is now. Um, I went down to see my grandma and she threatened to send me to a hospital if I didn't do something. And so I... Went online and I found bodybuilding.com. And very strange how I, I guess I just found like how to get strong, or that's what I looked up um, or researched. So
0: I, it's interesting that you immediately went to how to get strong. Yeah. And not like how do I get healthy? Yeah. Or how do I like gain? Because you didn't, well, I didn't want to gain weight. It. I didn't want to gain weight. Exactly. And I didn't
1: want to start eating because that was what I was scared of. Right. I just knew that I needed to get strong and get better. Um, but I never thought of healthy, like because I didn't think that I was unhealthy. Mm-hmm. I just knew that I was weak, like I was. I was doing something wrong. Well, when you're um, in it, yeah, exactly. So I found a basic how to lift weights for dummy type of tr- uh, trainer or program on Bodybuilding.com, and I started going to the gym while I was still working at the club. And mm-hmm. I started noticing that 10 a.m. to 6 p.m hours and then waking up, trying to go to the gym and then having to go back to the club to do it all over again, wasn't lining up. And I just, I didn't feel good. And I, at this was when Instagram started to kind of pick up, um, not the way that it is now, but it was just, I thought at first it was like a, an editing app for photos, but then I realized it was actually a feed and I started searching things and I found hashtag fitspo, which most of that was bikini competitors and bodybuilding. And so now all of a sudden my mindset of healthy and fitness was bikini competitions and bodybuilding. So I decided... How do you go from
0: zero to I want to do a bikini body competition? That's,
1: that's my personality. And that's my biggest problem. I am, I'm all or nothing. And it's why finding balance is so difficult for me. And it is for a lot of people. I'm really good with being at the club and going crazy or weighing my food and... um going to the gym twice a day. I'm now finally in a place that feels balanced. I'm not a hundred percent there yet. Um, but I, I live in extremes and that's been the hardest part. So that's why I went from zero to hundred because there was no other way to do it. And so I quit the club on New Year's Eve. I think it was
0: before or after the new year's eve party situation
1: it was i worked new year's eve (laughs) i worked new year's eve um and it was 2013 like it just became 2013 no it just became 2014 sorry okay all over the place um and i i that was my last night my last shift and the next day i started researching bikini competitions it's a three-month prep um 12 weeks i and if you don't know what Prepping for a bikini competition is—it's essentially um, you cut your calories, so you end up weighing and measuring all of your food. You use a tracking app on your phone to make sure that you're eating the specific macros. So specific number of proteins, specific number of carbs, specific number of fat. um, Very low in my case, because I had to cut a lot of body fat. And then you're also going to the gym in the morning for fasted cardio. And then you're going back to lift in the afternoon. Um, And it's all for aesthetics. It's not functional movement. It's just, let's make your butt look big or let's like get your shoulders to be round. And I thought I was being healthy. I really did. And those three months were miserable. I, the only people that I was talking to was my family and my roommate because I wasn't going out and I wasn't socializing. I, you don't drink obviously, which isn't the, it wasn't the worst thing, but you literally just have no social life. Um, and the only energy that I was putting out was at the gym and I was just a zombie. I was miserable. Um, But I looked great, you know? Well, (sighs) how did the competition go? So my first one, I did two back-to-back because I got seventh place in my first one. It was a giant show called NPC Atlantic States. It's like one of the biggest shows in New York. I got seventh place which means I didn't get a trophy and that was not good enough for me. Like <laughs> after 3 months of not eating, not talking to anybody, I was not cool with 7th place. So I signed up for a competition 3 weeks later and I I won and got my trophy.
0: And I won. And I won.
1: I got my trophy. Um but then with competitions, you you get into it's almost like an addiction. I was like, "All right, when's the next one?" And I was going to do a national show because I had won, which means I was qualified for nationals. And I was like, I can't do this prep again. I just can't do it. So I was like, kind of half. Can I say? Oh.
0: Okay. Sorry. It.
1: Okay. So I was half-assing my prep. I didn't know what you. Oh. Well, I oh, didn't know where we were. We're in. We were. I All think. Right, cool. I
0: think you file it as explicit. You just okay, like roll with it. Cool. We're we're on an explicit podcast.
1: Amazing. Right. Well, I'll, I'll. You just opened the, the Pandora's box. <laughs> so I I was half-assing this prep. Not really in it, but I had also seen on bodybuilding.com a, a competition for their spokesmodel search, like an entry. And I was like, might as well. I use bodybuilding.com spokesmodels, or uh, sorry, the body space, which is basically like a MySpace for bodybuilding.com. So I entered didn't really think about it.
0: Do you talk to other people on this, like, bodybuilding you MySpace? You can. Do people, can like... people's
1: walls. I you, didn't do that. Do you, like,
0: hook up with people on bodybuilding.com? I did... Well, I mean, I have.
1: <laughs> but I have through, like, the competition. i not... Because of just MySpace. Um... <laughs>
0: I was just, you know, like, I haven't, well, MySpace was a thing when I was, like, 13. Yeah, I, yeah. Wow. I just, like, went to a whole different I mental know, space right? thinking about it. I And did you, like, code your own, Oh, like, I, like, learned and... HTML just to, like,
1: make it look cool. Honestly, it was pretty great for young adult or, like, kids to learn how to code. Pre-coding with Colossi. Yeah, I was just going to say Colossi. There was MySpace. <laughs> <laughs> there was MySpace. Yeah, um so I guess, yes. So you could talk to people. I didn't really talk to that many people, <laughs> but, um, I entered the competition. I got into the first round which was top 40. Um, and then you had to enter like, uh, more information. You had to show, show like photos of your current body because you would then be competing if you got to the next round. And I ended up making it to the next round. And then I made it to the ultimate next round, which was top 10. And what's funny is the top 10 or top five girls, top five guys was announced the day of my grandfather's funeral, which was December 29th. He passed on the 27th. And ever since he passed, my entire career has just like taken off. So I, I don't, I'm, I'm pretty spiritual. I don't know if a lot of people are, but I do think that my grandpa is a part of the reason why I've done well in such a short amount of time. But so December 29th, it was announced, which meant I had like a month and a little over a month to prepare to go to LA to compete February 3rd for the winning title of spokesmodel, like of that year, um, 2015. And I went to LA, um, I didn't win. I got third place, but they sign everybody. So all of a sudden I was a bodybuilder.com athlete. I went from a girl studying marketing and business and fashion to working in nightlife to all of a sudden studying to be a personal trainer, entering competitions for fitness and, uh, training to teach group fitness, which was wild. Um, yeah, that's, I guess that brings you a little closer to now. Um, (laughs) I stopped doing bikini competitions after that
0: show, but. So after you, uh, got this gig with bodybuilding.com, what happened for you with them? What were you doing with them? What? So as an athlete,
1: you get a lot of supplements, you get a lot of products. Um, but it gives you a platform of I'm not with them anymore. So let me just start with that. I Working with them was great because I got to go to expos and I I got to meet a lot of people. And it also introduced me to a company called Cellucor, which is a supplement company. And they were the first company to sign me, which means I now had a salary. And I was on top of personal training and teaching classes. I was making money for just being me, which was pretty cool. A weird concept, but very cool. <laughs> um, and then after them, I... I now work with a company called Performix, which I think, actually, I know 100% lines up with more of my beliefs than cellular core or bodybuilding ever did, which is Performix, like performance, Performix, performance. They care about how you move, why you move, and moving well. And um, all of this just, it kind of put my name out there. So I was then teaching at City Row, and on my birthday... A lot of things happened on like pivotal days, March 23rd of 2015, a month and a little bit after coming back from LA. The global head of fitness for Nike ended up in my class and then invited me to audition for Nike. So it's like, like I was saying, I literally just got wrapped up in this. Like, one, it was not. I never like reached. The only thing that I reached for was entering myself into a competition. And from there I've worked hard at what was in front of me. And I've been really fortunate that the next thing just kind of walked around the corner. And you felt for sure, without a doubt, that
0: stopping competing was the right thing for you.
1: Absolutely. Um, I, like I said, I have a, I have trouble with all or nothing. And I have, I'm, I also have trouble with competitions in general, like being compared to other people is tough. And it's why as a model, I really don't enjoy castings or, um, being put up to be judged. Um, and that is, that's the life of competing. It's, you work, you work so hard for so long to then be put up on a stage for somebody else to tell you that you're good based on what you look like, not for what you've done. Mm -hmm. And, That just didn't work with me, and I didn't. I wanted to live like I wanted to have a burger if I wanted, or or eat all the healthy food that I wanted, and not have to weigh it. Like I literally couldn't go and get a salad because I couldn't measure what was in it, which is. That's how is that healthy? So I've not. I love salads that are just
0: like beyond full. Yeah, just on the all record, of, all of them.
1: Like, just fill it to the brim. <laughs> fill and then it when to they, the brim. Like if they, if at sweet green, there's like extra in that bowl. Give me another little bowl. <laughs> I'm the same way with smoothies. Like if they do, uh, tart, give me a give me a little cup.
0: Let me drink the extra. Let me drink
1: it. Yeah. But with comp- competitions, you can't do that.
0: You can't drink the extra.
1: <laughs> you can't have the extra healthy
0: smoothie. That's not okay. <laughs> Wait, what do you put in the smoothie though? What, are, what you, do I put in my yeah, smoothie? Talk to me about what you Ooh. put in the smoothie.
1: Okay. So I'm,
0: I stick to like a staple
1: three breakfast. It's like either eggs, yogurt, or a smoothie. So good thing that you asked. Smoothie, always a good protein powder. Obviously Performix because that's who I'm with. Good protein powder. All the greens, either kale or spinach or even like a greens powder. Um, Berries, frozen banana. I add maca powder because it kind of tastes like caramel if Mm -hmm. you've ever had it. Um, I put collagen protein also because I want like that goodness. Um, Almond milk, cauliflower, frozen cauliflower, bulks it up. I don't know if you've ever done that. And then blend it and top it with purely Elizabeth granola and some almond butter, and you're good to go. Is it, so
0: are you saying this is a smoothie bowl? Oh, yeah, sorry. Okay, see, like bowl. you, I knew when you got to the I'm putting granola on top and almond butter yeah. on top that we were no longer in just smoothie territory. No, no, no,
1: I don't drink things with a straw. It's got to be a, <laughs> everything, bowl, bowls for life. I eat everything out of a bowl. That's okay. Dinner, dinner out of a bowl, eggs out of a bowl, That's you good. can just fill it. And then, you know what? Let's just spoon everything. (laughs) Just get everything out of there.
0: Eat life with a spoon. Yeah. I'm into it. Okay. So why don't you go ahead and tell me a little bit of what a normal day is like for you?
1: All right. Well, um, a normal day... Uh, So every day is different, but I'll give you kind of an example of what uh, the most consistent schedule would be. I usually have clients 6.30 a.m. and then 7.30 a.m. After that, I'll get my own workout in. I'll then head back to my apartment and have my smoothie bowl um, recipe earlier in this podcast. (laughs) Then I will sit at my computer either answering emails, responding to article uh, requests, maybe from Emily Abate, I don't (laughs) know. Or writing programs for the classes that are coming up throughout the week. And then possibly I'll have a meeting that I run to or a casting for a fitness modeling job. And then I go back to the gym in the afternoon and I teach either one to two classes or train an evening client. So every day is different, but that's a pretty good uh, example of how it's kind of sandwiched with the gym. Like my business stuff in the middle other people's workouts on the ends. <laughs> all of the
0: fitness, all, all of the time. All the fitness, all the time, and smoothie bowls. And smoothie bowls. I want to ask you a little bit, what is it really like, you know, being so ingrained in the fitness scene here in New York City? You know, it's different here than a lot of other yeah. places.
1: In the fitness industry... I- you feel that you need to keep hustling, which is the same mentality that you have in New York in general, but because it's fitness and it's mentally exhausting, it's physically exhausting. It's, it's every single part of you. It's just so much more intense. Um, and I think there's all of these expectations to live up to this persona that you create and you build. So I, that's one of my hurdles that I'm still working on. It's, am I Alex Silverfagan on Instagram? Like I wasn't an athlete. I, I, fitness was just kind of, it just kind of happened for me. It was an escape for a little bit and now it's become my whole world. And I'm having trouble matching that to to what I really enjoy and what I'm really passionate about. And I'm not saying that I'm not passionate about fitness. I, I love movement, but I don't know. I don't know if I would have sat down like a few years ago and you asked me what my passions are. Fitness probably wouldn't have been on the list. And, and I think we're all kind of, growing up with these expectations, which is great. It's turning me into this amazing person that I'm proud of, but I don't, I don't know who that is. And
0: and New York fitness has definitely led to that. Well, I also think as we've kind of talked about here, so much happened in such a short amount of time. Right. Like I was just thrown into this terrible wheel. Totally. And, and something that uh, you're touching on, obviously this social media, Instagram situation, I, you know, sometimes I feel crazy vulnerable and I've got, God knows what, 6,400 Instagram followers. How do you handle it? It's weird. It's grown very quickly. I think I have I think it's like 83.5
1: thousand, um, followers on Instagram. And, uh, I don't, it, it went from like, I remember starting Instagram when I was doing my bikini competitions and then posting. And then I started working with all these companies and slowly it started building. And as it grew, I felt the pressure to post. I felt the pressure to share. And I felt, the pressure to maintain this status of being an influencer. When I, I honestly was just posting to keep myself accountable to start. My life is on Instagram. My, I am, I am Alex Silverfagan on Instagram, and I'm still trying to figure out who Alex,
0: just in life, is. Um, Which is normal at 25. Very normal at 25. <laughs> but
1: it's, it's it is normal, but it's also it's never been. This has never been the normal where you're you're growing into a digital personality, right? That's never been the case. And now so many people, even if they don't have a big following, feel like they need to keep up with some sort of online persona and do things because it seems cool or it seems like, or it seems
0: trendy or it's part of New York fitness when that may not be somebody's interests or goals. Um, And I think it's important to touch upon, you know, the other things. I mean, obviously, yes, you're Alex Silverfagan on Instagram. You're also Alex Silverfagan, an author, which is something we haven't kind of bridged yet. Yeah, I am. Yeah. (laughs) I'm holding this book right now. It's legit. Oh, hey, you're doing all the things. I'm doing a lot of the things in the book. So uh,
1: (laughs) this book is, it's called Get Strong and DK Publishers or DK Books were amazing and and reached out to me uh, back actually like a year ago um, and asked if I wanted to write a training program. And I said, absolutely. And this was actually coming off of the tail end of releasing my first book, which was my ebook that I self-published. I put all my money and time into. And for me, it's funny because you're holding a physical book, which does make me an author. But the ebook that I wrote, initially called Flow into Strong, which basically explains my uh, approach to Flow into Strong and why I'm connecting to this yin and this yang, the fire and and the vulnerability. That book feels like a book for me. And on that note, I think it's it's actually really cool to realize that you're holding a book that was published. It's in Barnes & Noble. It's on Amazon. But to me, something that I just put out online is more important. And people forget about that little bit, right? Like people strive to to reach the top of the top without realizing that maybe you can get there without you can get there in a, in a different way and still put your heart and soul and energy into
0: something a hundred percent so um but yeah I, I did I am an author now which, <laughs> is which is awesome and I think what's really interesting and I know we talked a little bit before about this is that when you had this desire at first to be an author you like weren't really willing to wait for a publishing company just to be like let's do this
1: no I wasn't I and I didn't even think that was an option or ever going to be an option I just knew that I wanted to write something and I wanted to put it out there and this was before I started Started teaching flow into strong. So I really wanted to get my thoughts and my message out there. Um, and I just did it. And then I got an email asking if I wanted to write a real book. So <laughs> it's, it's with everything that I've done and and what I continue to preach to people. It's, If you want to do something, do it. And the next thing will be there. A hundred percent. You're already putting that energy out there into the
0: universe. Before a little bit earlier, you were saying like, things just started to happen for me and it all happened really fast. And you felt like you, you had to work for that first bikini body competition. But after that, like it all just kind of fell into place. Well, this is a great example. Like that first book didn't just fall into place. No, it didn't. It took a lot of time. And oh, I mean, it's it's modest. It's yeah, modest to
1: you. say that things have just fallen for you. Thank you. I appreciate that. I, I I say that, but I know that it's because I've been working on what's on my plate and, and really focused on doing the best that I can in the moment. Um, and I, my anxiety comes from worrying if the next thing's going to come around the corner. And I need to check myself quite frequently and be like, you're good. Worry about what you're doing. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Something I think is important as we're on, uh, you know, the beginning of this new year, someone is scared and it's a new year and they want to start over. Yeah. Like how do how do they even begin? Cause it's so overwhelming for some people and, and in any aspect, it doesn't necessarily need to be a fitness program, yeah. but you know, there's th- a lot of things. I think, um,
1: starting just is like you said, starting is, uh, overwhelming, but when you, I hate new year's resolutions. I hate, and I I've said this before, I'm I'm not a big fan of big goals or like big dreams because they're very hard to, it's hard to see the steps when you're looking at something so big. So I think breaking it down. And maybe if you're going to look bigger picture, maybe think of something that's a theme, right? So like, um, how do you want to feel on this journey or what do you want to accomplish from this rather than what you're accomplishing? How do you want to feel or what do you want to do to get you there? Mm. Um, I think when you then connect to that almost more emotional side to anything that you're starting, it's, it's much easier to start and to stay disciplined on whatever you're working on because you know how much it means to you rather right. than rather than just saying you need to do something because you feel like that's what society is saying or you're expected to do it do, how do you feel about it um that's what I would say I mean yeah
0: specific. I mean when I apply this to my own experience I think about when I wanted to lose weight and I just knew I wanted to be happier than I was when I started yeah and so it wasn't like when I sat down uh you know the day after I kind of had this come to Jesus moment it wasn't like I sat down and I was like, you are going to lose 70 pounds. You're going to start running profusely. You're going to one day run, God knows all the marathons. Like that wasn't something that was even in my head. What was in my head was I need to make myself happier. Right. And I think what you're saying about making these smaller, more actionable goals is super, super important Mm -hmm. to be able to make progress and then be able to check things off along the way. Yep. For sure. Okay. So then what, advice do you have for those resolutioners who really are like okay I need to drop some weight I need to get healthy I need to get strong yeah what are what are you telling them
1: um well I would tell them to have a plan like have it have an actual plan because it's and I'm not going back to I'm not going back on my word and saying like have this giant goal but you need to have a plan like step-by-step plan and I also think that you need to you need to be able to give yourself a break, like take, take a break in that plan, evaluate how you're feeling, how it's going. And if you need to make changes, um, and that's a, for a specific plan or even just a day by day
0: kind of routine. How tough is it? I feel like all the time, if you're going to like a big box gym and you go in there and you just see people like dawdling around, yeah. there's wasting their time. Yeah.
1: You, I mean, and I was wasting my time for a little bit. Like I, I mean, when I spent so much time on writing this book, I the last thing honestly the last thing I wanted to do was go into the gym and do my own workout so I ended up just taking a bunch of classes I was running around I wasn't focused and I didn't feel strong anymore I wasn't I wasn't hitting any goal because I wasn't I wasn't on, I wasn't on a program and I've now been on an actual program again and I see the changes and I see the progress and it doesn't need to be a lifting program it can just be uh, your goal is to be better with gymnastics and you start work. You, you just need to be, you need to have a focus and that's with anything in life. You need to have a focus. You need to look at what you're doing right now
0: and if it's going to benefit you or not. What do you think is something that you are doing right now that's really benefiting you?
1: I am journaling a lot. Yeah. This year and these past few months have been more introspective than they've ever been. And I've also been incredibly open about being introspective. So um, being vulnerable, but also reaching out to other people. So I've been thinking a lot, but I've also not held back in reaching out for help. I've been seeing a new therapist. Like I, I'm not ashamed of any of those things. And I think mental illness, not that it's mental illness, but just mental, mental being in general should be discussed more frequently than it is. And, um, I think that's what I've been doing most
0: that's been best. Those are great things. (laughs) Um, we're on this advice tip. So I guess the last piece of advice I kind of am really interested to know is what kind of offering would you give that 18, 19 year old girl that's, you know, back working at Rochelle's you look back on that experience. Now you have learned so much. If you could tell her anything, what would you tell her
1: to not worry about what other people think Yeah. or, that's one of my uh, one of the things that I'm trying to work on in 2018 would be to not care about people pleasing as often. Um, I I love giving energy and helping people around me, but I also get so wrapped up in in making everybody happy, and you just simply can't do that. I would also tell her <laughs> that I would tell her to stop comparing herself to the cool of the moment. So back then the cool of the moment was working in clubs and doing this and that and now it's being healthy and drinking green juice and <laughs> the cool is always going to change, so
0: don't waste your time worrying about it. Waste waste your time or spend your time. Yeah, don't spend your time. Spend your time thinking about what you want, what's right. cool for you. Yeah, and you may not know
1: and that's the cool journey. Like I still have no idea and I'm sure in another 25 years I still will have no idea, but I've I I will have continued to work through and jump these hurdles and figure out maybe getting closer to what I want
0: (laughs) or what I, who I am. Well, I mean, I think, uh, like we've said before here, it's not like you jump one hurdle and you're done jumping hurdles forever. And that, uh, I think we might wrap it here, Alex. Thanks so much for sitting down with me. I feel so happy. Thanks
1: Thanks for having me. Oh,
0: (laughs) (laughs) if you are still listening, Thank you. Please take a moment to leave a quick review by clicking the link with the description to this episode. We all face multiple hurdles in life. I want to hear about yours. Reach out to me at emily at hurdle.us. Connect with the podcast on Instagram and Twitter at hurdlepodcast. And of course, feel free to stalk. The both of us a little bit, too. I'm at Emily Abadi, A-B-B-A-T-E. Alex, how do they find you on social?
1: At Alex Silverfagan, just my name.
0: Just the name. Just both of us, just the name. On the next episode of Hurdle, we have Fred Santarpia, the chief digital officer over at Condé Nast. Fred's going to talk to us about a bullying experience that landed him in the hospital and how he leaned into wellness, building a serious fitness situation in his parents' basement in his late teens to restore his confidence. And make necessary life-altering changes that not only got him out of a bad situation, but propelling him into this extraordinary career. It's good stuff. That's all for now, guys. Another hurdle conquered. Catch you next time.